Podcast. Petersburg. Your NBC Sports Radio update starts now. Thursday night football begins 8.20 p.m. Eastern time kickoff on NFL Network. Carolina Panthers hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Carolina is a seven-point favorite in that matchup. Bucks quarterback Jameis Winston going into after a tough first game with one touchdown, three interceptions. Excited for tonight. Uh, very disciplined, great front, and uh, it's a rivalry game. Uh, when they're playing at their home field, uh, they're going to be loud and they're going to be ready. It's going to be a great NFL football game. Uh, we got to get the ball out quickly and, uh, and execute. That's all we can do. Bad news for the New York Jets quarterback Sam Darnold has mononucleosis. That is the diagnosis. Here's head coach Adam Gase on the situation. 14 has mono and will be out for this game. So Trevor will be starting. We're, we're kind of lucky that, you know, we thought he was sick yesterday. They ran more tests. So with Trevor being able to practice yesterday, that, that'll help us. Good thing we got the early bye week. So, I mean, I know he's out this week. Then past that, I'll have more information as we go. An embarrassing finish for the U.S. at the FIBA World Cup in China. They fall to Serbia in a consolation game, 94-89. to That means they will finish no better than seventh. That will be the worst finish ever in a major international tournament. Harrison Barnes, 22 points for the U.S. Lots of afternoon baseball action getting underway in one hour. Game one of a doubleheader. Yankees at Detroit. Game two is at 4.35 p.m. Eastern time. Arizona's at the New York Mets. Miami hosts Milwaukee. Kansas City on the road at the Chicago White Sox. Colorado welcomes in St. Louis. The Cubs are at San Diego. San Francisco is home for Pittsburgh. Yesterday, Jonathan Villar, a home run for the Orioles. It's the 6,106th in Major League Baseball. It's a single-season record. Dan Schwartzman, NBC Sports Radio. Welcome to the following presentation from Richmond Sports Properties. And thanks for listening to Spider Athletics on 99.5 FM and 950 AM ESPN. Your exclusive radio home for Richmond Spiders football. It's lunchtime at Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue, 8205 West Broad Street. And it's time for Spider Talk with Richmond football coach Russ Huseman. Today's show is brought to you by the University of Richmond School of Professional and Continuing Studies, Lux Chevrolet, Food Lion, and Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue. Spider Talk is on the air. Join in online by text at 804-638-9508. By email, spidertalk at richmond.edu or on Twitter using at Spider Voice, at ESPN Richmond or at Spider Football. Davon Perry comes in motion left to right. Mancuso throws. Fessler makes the catch again. Fakes right, goes left. 30-25, drags two tacklers with him. And they finally shove him out of bounds down at the 23-yard line. Another spider first down, Mancuso to Fessler. I'll tell you what, if they have Dylan running the ball, we have Fessler catching the ball. He is a big, big guy out at receiver. And when you're a corner, corners are designed to be lean, fast. They're not necessarily uh, designed to tackle guys the size of linebackers. And that's what Fessler looks like out there. 6'4", 220-pounder, the graduate transfer from Northwestern. Now let's go live to Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue. Here's the voice of the Spiders, Bob Black, with Coach Huseman. This is Spider Talk on ESPN Richmond and the Spider Sports Network. It is week two of Spider Talk live from Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue, 8205 West Broad Street on Whit Richmond's West End. Bob Black along with Spider Head Football Coach Russ Huseman. Thank you for joining us today. Our special player guest coming up in the middle segments of our program today, Spider Center, Clayton McConnell, and Spider Defensive Back and Team Captain Daniel Jones will be joining us at the head table. And we thank you for joining us today as well, whether you're in the audience here at Buzz and Ned's or you're listening on ESPN Richmond and online we'd love for you to be a part of the show you just heard the ways to do that text us 804-638-9508 email spidertalk at richmond.edu or hit us up on twitter at espn richmond at spider voice at spider football and we'd love to have you interact with us 
on the program today. One more way to do it. For those of you who are here in the restaurant today, we would love your questions as well. We know you're very mic shy, so we're not even going to put you on the mic. All you need to do during the commercials or while Russ and I are talking, if you want to give your question to Mitchell sitting over here, he will take it for you as well. The first two who are brave enough to do that, to come up with questions, I have tickets to the Spider Brew Fest before the game. I saw some eyes open a little bit when I said that uh, before the game. So the first two questions, we've got two passes each to the Brew Fest before the game on Saturday afternoon against Elon at Robin Stadium. So we want your interaction and we want your questions. Coach Huseman, how are you today? Fine. Excellent. Glad yep. to hear that. So I got asked on the morning show this morning by a Spider fan who called in and said, Bob, from being at the Boston College game, what were kind of the things that surprised you a little bit from that game? And I really don't like using the word surprised, particularly when I'm asking a head coach. I figure you know everything that's going on with your program. So maybe what, Russ, are the things that maybe opened your eyes a little bit more that you focused in on a little bit more coming out of that Boston College game? And I will tell you how I answered the question. You can tell me I was totally off base offensively, really impressed with the running game. I mean, 215 more yards running the football. We'll talk more about that and the obvious loss of Xavier Goodall in a moment and how the offensive line carried itself against an ACC team. On the other side, Russ, I was a little bit eye-opening that our defense gave up as many quick scores as they did. The Boston College, I think four or five of their touchdowns were two minutes or less. So those were kind of a couple of my takeaways, and now we'll get the more educated opinion on what you saw Saturday. Well, I mean, you're really close. I mean, I was, I was really pleased with how we ran the football. I'm not sure if we had any three and outs in that game offensively. Um, we executed. We had opportunities for, for more plays. You know, you, you kick yourself as you come back and watch the film. You know, if, if, you know, if we'd have just blocked the right guy on this play or, you know, get, you know we, we had the one throwback to, to Ryan Cole and, and we lined up wrong – and or that would have been a touchdown wide open. We got a penalty because of an illegal formation. But, uh, you know, I, I thought offensively, I thought both our quarterbacks managed the offense really well. Uh, disappointing in a couple interceptions, but, uh, you know, they, they did a nice job. We ran the ball really well. So I, I think it, it – I like what we're doing offensively. Defensively, you know, it was a challenge. I mean, you know, you got uh, – you know, on, 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 I think on some of the quick play scores, um, a couple of them were uh, missed assignments. Uh, you know, we, we, we kind of missed a coverage one time. As a matter of fact, a couple times we missed a coverage, and they got the two big touchdowns on that. Uh, but, you know, it was a challenge most of the days. They were so big and so physical, and, you know, we're, we're getting bigger up front defensively, but, I mean, they just they leaned on us. Their backs were really, really good. Um, they condensed it down in there. And, you know, and, and sometimes it gets frustrating. You, you know, you're just trying to – you're hitting them at one or two, and they're so big and they're leaning on everybody, and it just kind of goes, you know, and you look up and it's second and four, second and three, and, and, and you know, that, that kind of gets to you. But I thought up front defensively we, we handled ourselves pretty good. Um, you know, some, some mistakes on the back end, back seven, that, that, that cost us a couple quick ones, three quick ones, as a matter of fact. Um, but, you know, we, we fought, and, uh, you know, and in special teams-wise, you know, I think we, we kind of played it even. Uh, we did some things to, to neutralize any chance that they would have big plays on us, you know, in the kicking game and, and how we kicked the football. Um, you know, we didn't punt it great, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do better there. But, uh, you know, I, I thought, I thought that, you know, the special teams deal was, was pretty even. And then I think offensively we showed up pretty good. And then defensively, uh, you know, it was just – it was a tough matchup for us. On the defensive side, how challenging was their up-tempo offense where they would run a play, get right on the ball, and go to prohibit us from – rotating guys in on that defensive line. I know that's one of our strengths. You've got six, seven, maybe eight defensive linemen that you can rotate in, and when they were running that up-tempo offense, you really weren't able to do that, were you? Yeah, you know, we, we, we kind of talked about that, how and when we would get guys in, you know, with the tempo. I don't know if that affected us as much as we couldn't. You know, when they do that, it's hard to, 
it's hard to get different calls into the game. It's hard to, you know, they, they almost force you into saying, we got to get lined up correctly. And they make you vanilla in, in what you're doing. So you can't, you know, you can't do a lot of different things, whether it's blitzing, line movement stuff, because you can't get it signaled in and, and communicated uh, all the way across the board. And that's kind of when mistakes happen. So I think that's where the up-tempo, you know, they talk about all the time, you know, when you get into two-minute offenses and it's going fast, you know, it's hard to, to, to really signal to get different things in. You try – it kind of forces you to be a little bit vanilla, and that's what up-tempo offenses do. And, and they were pretty good at it. I mean, they got up there and they knew exactly what they wanted to do. And, um, and so – we had the ability, our, our coaches were on top of it when we could get people in and, and get the substitutions going. And then offensively, one more point on Boston College game, and then we'll kind of move on a little bit. And we talked about this when we had John Monday morning um, on the Black and Drew Sports Huddle here on ESPN Richmond. There were some big plays. We heard one on the open, the pass to Fessler. He had a couple of those. There were some long runs. It seemed like, I don't know, five or six times we'd have a big play followed by a five-yard penalty yeah. or a six-yard loss that the consistency just wasn't there. How much were you kind of looking at that, and how coachable and correctable is that offensively? Well, it's very coachable and correctable, but we, had, we actually had 12 big plays in the game. I mean, you're talking about going up against an ACC uh, opponent, and, you know, big play for us is a, was a gain of run of 12 or more, 16 or more on a pass, and you know, we had 12. And, you know, if you can, if you can say that, you, you know, that's a pretty good day no matter who you're playing. But you're right. I mean, we, we shot ourselves in the foot. Um, you know, some of those negative plays were on kind of bubble screens, you know, where we'd come back out and, and all of a sudden he'd get hit, you know, we'd, we'd get beat on a block or miss a block or, um, you know, and then there were some penalties that followed them up that, that kind of got us behind the chains. But, um, you know, I again – those things are those things will get fixed and corrected and um and we just got to be consistent and get it downfield but we we had other opportunities now that people don't really see that oh well he got him on the ground here and or maybe somebody got off a block late and, and got on him and you know we got to emphasize to finish blocks and finish plays and get our hats on the right people for sure and i think even more big plays and touchdowns off those plays will, will occur all right, one more point, and then we'll take a break and uh, bring our special player guests up, Clayton McConnell, Spider Center, and Daniel Jones, Spider Defensive Back, will join us here at the table after the break. And I'm kind of burying the headline here, and I don't mean to do that, but uh, just some follow-up thoughts from you, Russ, on Xavier Goodall and kind of what happened to him on Saturday because I don't think a lot of us actually saw it. And even when he went off with the injury, he jogged himself uh, into the locker room to get further treatment. And now the next thing we know, we obviously get the very disappointing news that he's done for the year with the ACL. Yeah, I, I grabbed him immediately when he came off the field and said, hey, man, you all right? He said, oh, yeah, yeah. He, this didn't feel any, anything near like the other ones. He said, I'm good. He said, this is precautionary. And so I'm thinking, ah, that's good news. And then, and then you saw him the next day, and he's walking normal. And, and, uh, and then when they came back and said that, you know, that was really uh, disappointing. You know, it's disappointing for Xavier. Uh, what a great kid. I mean, you've been around him for a while, and, and all these people have been around him. He's just a – He's fantastic, and for him to come back from two knee surgeries and, and work as hard as he did and look as good as he did, you know, was, was amazing. We, we, we had a walkthrough this morning, and, uh, you know, old Xavier comes jogging out. I mean, it's like you look at him, you thought you never would imagine that it's an ACL. I mean, he's jogging out there, and he looks as normal as, as you can be, and um, – you know, he looks 100 times better than me walking around out there. I know. Uh, you look pretty good these days. Uh, <laughs> Got to tip my cap to you on that but, one. But uh, so <laughs> it, it, it's mind-boggling, so you just never know. I mean, I've seen – I've seen other knee injuries. I mean, where you, you got that's ACL, that's meniscus, that's everything, and they come back and say, "Now nah, everything's intact." Mm -hmm. He's got a little bone bruise, and they come back and play. So, um, 
Very, very disappointing. And, and I feel so bad for Xavier because I love the kid. I mean, he's just he's, – he's a joy to be around every day. Absolutely. I'm sure the guys will keep his spirits up. We'll talk with uh, Daniel and Clayton about that a little bit, and hopefully he'll be able to help what's left now in that running back room, which is a very deep competitive room that you've got there, and you do have some guys who can certainly carry the load. Yeah, I mean, you hate for any kind of injury to occur, but – we are deep there, so we got Aaron and, and Milan. And Milan didn't play. Milan had a tweaked ankle, and uh, we held him out. We brought him on a trip, but you know he was only going to be an emergency guy. And uh, but you know hopefully he'll get back to 100% this week. And then Savon Smith has looked great, and Devin Campbell's a good player. So we've got we've got guys in there that uh, you know that can can pick up the slack for Xavier. All right, let's take a break, and we'll bring our players up. Clayton McConnell and Daniel Jones will join us. We will also take texts and emails and tweets if you've got those. Our text line is open all the time, 804-638-9508. Email anytime, spidertalk at richmond.edu, and you can tweet at us at ESPN Richmond, at Spider Voice, at Spider Football. And, again, if you're here today and you got a question, Come on up during the commercial. We'll get it on the air during the next 45 minutes or so. And we do have a couple of passes for you if you come up with a question to the Spider Brews event before the Elon game Saturday night. Kickoff is at 6 o'clock. The Brews event starts at 4 and goes until 5.30 right out in front of the Robin Center. First break, and then the players join us on Spider Talk live from Buzz and Ned's, 8205 West Broad Street, and live on ESPN Richmond and the Spider Sports Network. Lux Chevrolet has been the Chevy truck expert since 1916, and they've got something for everyone. There's economical SUVs like Trax and Equinox, people haulers like Traverse, Tahoe, and Suburban, and pickups like the mid-size Colorado to the one-ton Silverado. Let Luck find the right fit for your job or lifestyle. Call them at 804-798-9261. Shop online at LuxChevrolet.com or stop by their convenient lot on U.S. Route 1 in Ashland and buy your next truck from Luck. Lux Chevrolet since 1916. Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue is the official barbecue of the University of Richmond Spiders. Come enjoy our real 100% wood-cooked barbecue while you cheer on the home team. Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue uses recipes handed down for over 150 years and is now available inside Robin Stadium. Can't make it to the game? Visit us on North Boulevard in The Fan or on Thursdays at noon at West Broad in Old Parham in the West End for the Spider Talk Radio Show with Coach Russ Huseman. For more information, visit us at buzzandneds.com. Buzz and Ned's and the Richmond Spiders, a winning combination. No matter what the size of your lawn is or how you like to maintain it, Arthur's Electric Service at 8910 Brook Road in Glen Allen has the Toro Mower to match it. Arthur's knows how to treat you right. With a full selection of Toro Mowers, knowledgeable personnel, competitive prices, excellent service, and financing available to qualified buyers. Arthur's and Toro, a tradition that has gone on for generations. Drop by Arthur's and see Toro's new mowers firsthand. Call them at 264-2513. That's 264-2513. Or go to arthurselectric.com. Hi, I'm Dale Jones, an agronomist with Virginia Green. That's a soil scientist. I'd like to show you how Virginia Green's local expertise can bring out the green in your lawn. But this is radio, so I can't. Instead, I'll sing you a song. Your lawn can be green, greenest green you ever did see. Pretty and lovely and free of weeds, particularly when watered regularly. Stop! Aeration time! Did I mention I'm a soil scientist? See how Virginia Green can bring out the best in your lawn at virginiagreenlawncare.com. Your radio home for Baltimore Orioles baseball all season. This is Brandon Hyde, and you're listening to 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. The timeout's over. Now more Spider Talk with Richmond football coach Russ Huseman. Live from Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue on 99.5 and 1027 FM and 9.50 AM ESPN. From the gun again, the handoff straight ahead to Goodall. He's got running room at the 40 to the 45 and tripped up at about the 48-yard line. Xavier Goodall with a burst at the line of scrimmage and a spider first down. Again, how about that hole that offensive line creates? We talked about it last week. Like, man, they're, they're doing a great job, but is, is this because of the level of competition? Opportunity to step up so far, first run play big hole could have drove a truck through that one perfect highlight thank you mitchell to transition into our player segment on the uh spider talk live from buzz and neds here on west broad street bob black with coach usman we welcome our special player guest to my left spider starting center clayton mcconnell and to my right 
returnee, Daniel Jones, captain of the Spiders on the defensive side in the defensive backfield. So welcome to both of you. Appreciate you spending some time with us today. Clayton, I am going to start with you because you just heard the offensive highlight. So many levels to talk about just from that highlight. Let me start with Xavier Goodall. Uh, What was your reaction when you found out that it was more serious than we thought it was when we were at Boston College on Saturday? And how have you guys tried to keep his spirits up? I mean, kind of like Coach was just saying earlier, we're going out there to the walkthrough today, and he's running out there with us. I mean, it feels like he's still there with us. Um, speaking on Xavier, he's probably the, one of the hardest workers we have on the team. He's the first one in there in the training room, first one, last one to leave. Just goes to show the level of character he has as a player. And then on the field, he's been running the ball really well, hits the holes, makes us look great, which we, we love. So, But um, just try to tell him this morning, you know, we're there for him. Uh, just tough times for him, but we'll be there. Now you got to move forward. What type of communication now do you have with the young guys in that backfield? I mean, Aaron Dykes and uh, Mylon Howard and Savon Smith, who's run the ball well. Um, how do you kind of communicate to them that, hey, this is their baby now. This is their opportunity. Right. Uh, well, pass protection is like one of the harder things to pick up as a running back, and Xavier did a great job with that. He helped me like sometimes, so which is a really positive thing. And, like, communication 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 with these younger guys they haven't been there they haven't been through the big game so it's a big thing on me to help like be more clear through all my clear and precise through all my decks and help them get to the right spot all right well let's talk about what you guys are doing on that offensive line because it's been really good through the first two games and as you heard chris anderson say on that play-by-play cut and i think it was appropriate you know there was one game against the team that we were bigger stronger and better than quite frankly in jacksonville then you step up a level to an FBS opponent like Boston College, and you don't drop off at all. 215 more yards rushing. The Spiders now averaging a CAA best 268 yards on the ground. Why has that been so successful from an offensive line perspective? I think that goes to show the work we put in this offseason last year. We never got the type of run game that we really wanted and what we needed, and we took that to heart. I mean, we've been working, been working, and – the war we put in week in, week out, the game plan Coach Ross gives us, and we just do that to the best of our abilities to succeed on Saturdays. What's the chemistry like amongst uh, the offensive linemen, uh, yourself, Sam Setapani, Tim Coleman, uh, returning guys, and uh, Taz Sumter was injured last year, and, and then you got a young guy like a, like a Joe Moore on that offensive line. Right. I mean, I think four out of five of us played last year together, um, and I played with Taz a lot last year during camp and a couple games during the season, and me and Sam and Tim were all there together, and Joe Moore has been there with us throughout the all offseason. Foster, Singleton, uh, the two freshmen, Cade and Ryan, they're all ready to play and they're all ready to go. And it just shows we're always hanging out with each other and how that progresses onto the field. I mean, it has been evident. Russ, two points off of what Clayton just said. Uh, Number one, he rattled off way more names available to you guys as coaches than we've had the last year or two. How significant is that? Let me start there with these offensive linemen. Well, I will start by saying uh, that, uh, and, and Clayton will tell you, my favorite group on, on the football team is the offensive line. Love those guys. Uh, I walk into their meetings every once in a while and just say, hey, guys, love you all, man. Love what you're doing. Um, no offense, Daniel. I'm an old DB, but uh, – Love the offensive line, their work ethic. Uh, those guys are incredible, and, and they, know, they know they're appreciated from the head coach. And, and I see what they do day in and day out. But he's absolutely right. You know, when you got Foster Singleton, who's your sixth guy, um, and then you've got two freshmen that, that they look the part and they can play, and Cade Salyers and, and uh, Ryan Cole – you know, we got two other freshmen that were, were trying to redshirt, and, and they may play for us all over that are really good players. And, um, and so we, we feel good about where we are right now and the future of the offensive line. We got Clayton for this year and then two more. And, and so, uh, you know, we got everybody back next year. So we, we, you know, we feel good about this group and, and, the, and the effort and the commitment that they put into it and the type of players they are. The other point that Clayton made that we really haven't talked much about when he mentioned the running backs and the guys who will take over for Xavier Goodall, and that's their responsibility to pass block. What have you seen from Dykes and Howard and Smith in that regard, and how much more of a challenge is that to those guys than just running the football? I don't know. Are they doing pretty good, Clayton? I say so. <laughs> I say so. Yes, sir. Yeah, I mean, we haven't given we haven't given them a sack this year, right? No, we have not. We have not given up a sack, and they're part of the process. Uh, I, I, you know, they're doing a good job. And uh, 
Julius McNair, our new running back coach, is doing a great job with those guys, not only running the ball, but, you know, even the blocking on the perimeter. I mean, they're doing a tremendous job, you know, on all the jet sweep stuff where they got to get people cut on the perimeter and really, really pleased with the, the progress that they've made. All right, Daniel Jones, you've been awful quiet over there because I haven't let you talk yet. But what's it going to take for you DBs to get into the favor of the head coach here <laughs> like the offensive linemen are? I mean, what's it going to take for you guys? Who? <laughs> 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 How about an INT or two this yeah, week? Yeah, a couple picks. Haven't had one of them yet, no, have we? No, we haven't. We haven't, had a lot. we haven't had a lot of opportunities either, though. So we're going to get a lot of opportunities this, year. Um, this week. We're going to capitalize on them. And then maybe we'll be in competition with the O-line over there. <laughs> That's a great point. I mean, how much have you guys been, been chomping at the bit from that regard as defensive backs? Jacksonville runs the triple option. Obviously, Boston College has a couple terrific running backs. They kept feeding him the ball. From your perspective, what have the first two weeks been like, and how do you prep for week three when you'll see more passing, we would assume? The first two weeks, really, like you said, they've been running the ball a lot. I've been, I've been down playing bases as a linebacker. I've been down in the trenches with the, <laughs> the linebackers, so – it's been it's been good though to get both in and now I'm going back to the post some but I liked it I liked it a lot. So how do you gauge where you guys are at right now defensively after those two games knowing that your first conference game is is a couple days ahead of you? Well, I mean, you can always gauge by film and just seeing like how we react in different situations and how they weren't throwing the ball a lot, but when they did, we were still taking care of our responsibilities, being patient and um reading our keys. Coach, how are you grading out those defensive backs? Let's take the emotion out of this. We know you love the offensive line first, but how are these guys grading out back there? And, you know, obviously Daniel and Trent have played a lot of football for us. Noah's up and coming. Nicholson, Brandon Feemster, I'm sure, has made an impact uh, coming into the program as well. Yeah, and, and Daniel's right. I mean, this will kind of be really our first test of, of, you know, how can we defend? Because Elon's going to run the football, and they want to run the football, but they throw the football really, really well. So, I mean, this will be a test where we we, we got to defend the run and the throw game. And, and uh, if we're playing really good against run, the run, you know, then he'll see a lot of opportunities. And, uh, you know, this, so this will, be, this will be a big test for our secondary and kind of get an idea where we are. Uh, you know, we, we, got, we got some good secondary guys, no question, with Trent and Daniel and then Feimster and, and Noah. Noah, towards the end of the year, really came along, and I'm sure, I'm sure Daniel agrees with that. And, and, then, and then, you know, you got Roland and, and uh, Marcus Vincent. Uh, another guy that uh, we're excited about for the future is uh, Aaron Banks, and, and, and obviously Daniel sees him day in and day out, and, and uh, we think he's – you know he's an excellent guy, and he'll be our Alex will be our dime this week when they go to per, different personnel groups, and uh, so we're 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 really excited. He actually started in the, the Jacksonville, game, right? you know, yeah. with the triple option stuff. So, uh, you know, we we've got a lot of talent, a lot of ability there. Daniel, you were really nodding your head when Coach mentioned Noah Nicholson, um, the the sophomore defensive back. What have you seen from him that had you nodding your head so emphatically there? And I can tell you, uh, Chris Anderson, who does the games with us, is a former Spider defensive back, and I think Noah's already become his favorite DB, present company excluded. There, boy, we're really hitting on you today. We're really, we're, <laughs> yeah, no, we got to get you back in everybody's good graces. But but in all seriousness, what? What have you seen in a guy like, like Noah Nicholson? Well, as anybody coming in college, like the first year, like he was a little unsure of himself and he wasn't playing his game. But as the year went on last year, it started to unfold, he started to open up and really play like how he can play. And now he's, he's just excelling. He excelled all summer and he's been doing really good this season. And how about Aaron Banks? What are you seeing from him? He's real instinctive. He's a very instinctive player. All right, how about Saturday? What was that like for you guys going up that against that big of a team? We talked about it all week. Sure, it's a lot easier to talk about those guys, I'm sure, than to tackle him. How challenging was that for you, and how do you feel you came out? I mean, you had 10 tackles in that game. Like I said, I was down, um, I was down playing linebacker, basically, and it was, it was challenging. It was different hitting a bit because he's a very big back. But, you know, running your feet, hit him in the legs, and keep it going, and then everybody gang tackle. <laughs> And you did a pretty good job of that. They did hit some big plays. Yeah, um, how challenging was that up-tempo offense and then them coming at you with 250-pound running? Both of them, not only A.J. Dillon, but the, uh, the Bailey kid was Backup a big Backup was really yeah, good. Yeah, he was yeah, really was. good too, right? Really good. good. Yeah, how challenging was the pace of the game for you guys defensively? Really, just like Coach Huseman said, it, would, it, would, it wasn't our wind. It wasn't like we were tired. We, it was more of 
getting the call, getting lined up right, and then executing our assignments. And that's where we messed up one most of the time when it was a big play was executing our assignment. All right. Um, before we take a break, let me let you talk for just a moment about Xavier Goodall also because you've obviously known him yeah. a long time being, being a senior on this team. And I know you're on the other side of the ball, but what kind of thoughts do you have And uh, you know, from a defensive standpoint to rally around a fallen teammate like that? Uh, Xavier, his, his heart never has been in question with me. He's had two knee injuries, and this is his third one, and he's came back healthy every time. But it just it's just very unfortunate that it keeps happening. Actually, um, he was my roommate my freshman year, so I've known him since the jump. And then I, w- I lived with him this summer, so I was actively a part of seeing the work that he put in to get back, and it's, it's real saddening to have this happen again. Take us behind the scenes a little in the summertime. I mean, how hard was that? How challenging was it for him to complete that recovery process and get back on the field the way he did? And what you guys really had to sweat through in the summertime? We would, we would go out, like, just me and him, and we would just go out and we would work on his cuts and him getting, like, he would work on his cuts. I will work on my open field tackle and just working on him getting confidence back in his knee and making the cuts that he know he can make. And to see him go out and perform against um, Jacksonville and Boston College the way he did, I was real happy for my boy. And that was the one thing, Russ, and you mentioned it at the beginning of training camp. He was a little tentative, but as camp went along, you could see him really gaining confidence. And I think what Daniel said is what those of us that don't see every practice notice, his cuts. I mean, I thought he really put his foot in the ground and made some, some great moves in preseason camp and then in the first two games. Yeah, I mean, he, he looked like he was back to normal. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I've I've been a, a Xavier Goodall fan the whole from the day I got here. I, I thought he was a tremendous talent, and uh, and obviously, to you know, our first year here towards the end of the year, he showed what kind of back he was. I mean, he was dynamic, and uh, you know, he had 181 against William and Mary, and probably 150 something prior to that. So, you know, he he's dynamic, and you know, again. His spirits are fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a tough kid. He understands he's going to get a Richmond degree and be successful someday. All right, let's take a break. Coach Usman's uh, lunch has arrived, so that's Hi. always a cue to take a break. And, fellas, if you can eat in two minutes during the commercial break, attack it and then come on back up. Uh, we'll take one more segment with Clayton McConnell and Daniel Jones, find out what the keys to beating Elon Saturday will be when we come back to Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue 8205, West Broad Street, Spider Talk on ESPN Richmond and the Spiders Sports Network. At the University of Richmond School of Professional and Continuing Studies, our students are driven by change. They arrive with a variety of professional and educational experiences, the determination to do more, and an unbelievable ambition to succeed. Through undergraduate and graduate degree programs, professional certificates, boot camps, and professional training and development programs, our students gain the tools and knowledge to better themselves and the organizations they serve. Learn more about how we help adult students drive change at spcs.richmond.edu. Make a big play with huge savings from Food Lion this tailgate season. Score fan favorites for your pregame party like chips and dip, fresh-cut fruits and veggies, ice-cold drinks, and savory snacks. Plus, you'll find all your grilling essentials so you can cheer on your favorite team, all at affordable prices. Our low prices make it easy to put together a game-winning spread for tailgating with friends and family. Food Lion has everything you need to kick off your pregame party. This is our home. That's our Food Lion. This NASCAR update's brought to you by Virginia Urology Online at URO.com. Kevin Harvick with Sunday's winner at Indianapolis taking the checkered flag at the Monster Energy Cup Series' regular season finale. Joey Logano finished in second ahead of Bubba Wallace, William Byron, and Clint Boyer. Denny Hamlin came home sixth. The Chesterfield native will start the postseason in the second position behind Kyle Busch. Three races, including a stop at Richmond, will make up the first round of the playoffs before four drivers see their championship hopes come to an end. This NASCAR update's brought to you by Virginia Urology Online at URO.com. Guys, don't trust your well-being and sexual performance to just anyone. We recommend you visit the experts at Virginia Urology Men's Wellness Center. Virginia Urology's board-certified urologists specialize in men's sexual health, including erectile dysfunction and low testosterone. They'll determine if low testosterone really is your issue and offer you plenty of treatment options. And don't worry, many are covered by insurance. Go ahead, give Virginia Urology Men's Wellness Center a call at 330-9105 or visit URO.com. That's URO.com to make an appointment today. Hey, Richmond, it's Mike Golick. Listen to Trey Wingo and me every weekday morning at 6, now on your FM dial. At 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. 
Let's get back to Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue for more Spider Talk. Once again, here's Bob Black with Coach Russ Huseman, live on ESPN Richmond and the Spider Sports Network. Single back is A.J. Dillon. The quarterback, Anthony Brown, is under center. He hands to Dillon, and Dillon runs into a couple of Spiders. Led by Colby Ritten, the redshirt junior defensive tackle, makes the stop at the 10-yard line after a gain of just one on the play. We talked about this defensive line having an opportunity to show just how good they are, just how special they are. Right now, Kobe Ritten, kind of our silent assassin, we know about him, get an opportunity to go against one of the country's best. That will be one of our challenges. We're going to turn Colby Ritten into, from being the silent assassin to the talking assassin. We're going to get him here one week. I can see the skepticism in both these guys' faces because Colby is a great player and a really great kid, but he's one of the more quiet guys, right, fellas? on the team so we're going to try and break him out of his shell and and bring him here at some point during the week but daniel what i would ask you from that play-by-play highlight against boston college how much of that has to translate over this week and that is the team tackling and the team defense uh this is an elon team that has really good running backs they're not 250 pounds but you've seen them before they're really good running backs they have great backs it's going to have to definitely carry over the gang tackling everybody going to the ball one thing going back to the um the DBs, we're watching film, and like, like we said earlier, we're excited because we finally going against someone that's throwing the ball more. So the energy's up. We're back. We're in CAA play. I'm sure, I'm sure energy won't be a problem. <laughs> uh, what do you make of uh, Davis Cheek, their outstanding quarterback? He was the rookie offensive player of the year two seasons ago, only played half the year last season because of injury. What, what do you see of him on tape? Great quarterback. He's real poised in the pocket. He's going to sit there, and he's going to go through his reads, and he's going to make a, he's gonna make a good throw. All right, what have you seen from Elon's defense? Clayton, let's go that route uh, that will allow the Spiders to keep doing what they're doing, running the ball, and maybe even pick up the, the passing game a little more. I know this is an Elon team that, that also played an option team this past week in the Citadel, much like when we played Jacksonville, I guess. What have you seen from the Elon defense? Uh, their defensive front is uh, deep and loaded. They're starting three, I think, all played last year or started against us. Um, it's going to be a big challenge, like opening CAA week. You know, it's a different week, and I think we've really attacked it. Uh, put this team on our back and uh, come out successful this weekend. What's your emphasis been, Coach, with these guys this week going into the Elon game? How much of it is about, hey, this is CAA play. It is the start of our conference schedule. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the, the, you know, the, the seniors and, the, uh, you know, they wanted to talk about, you know, winning the day, uh, every day, winning the day, and, and that's kind of been their motto. And, and I, I guess it's on the back of your shirt. Um, and and going one and zero every week, and uh, you know, but obviously, this one and zero is gonna, is really important because it, it is a conference game, and and they are important, and you know, in the grand scheme of things, Boston College didn't mean much. Um, you know, we wanted to play well, we wanted to win a game, uh, but you know, now you know the 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 one and zero this week will be really important, and and they know it. And I know you've referenced the past couple of years. They've been really good games with Elon, but we haven't wound up on the positive side of those games. And I know that's kind of probably in the back of their minds a little bit as well. Yeah, I mean, two years ago we had, we had an opportunity, uh, you know, late in the game there. And then and then this past year, I mean, it's a, it's a one-score game, and we've got it a couple on a yeah. couple three occasions to to tie it up, and and we didn't get it done. And um, so, I mean, this year we got to get it done. There's no no questions. These guys understand. Uh, And Daniel, uh, I mean, we got to win. I mean, there's nothing – we have to win this this football game and uh and they know they know the sense of urgency about it how much are you outspoken about that with your guys daniel um you know you've got the captain label now i'm sure you would do this even if you weren't tagged captain but how much more responsibility is there to make sure everybody's on the same page come six o'clock saturday night it's a um, it's a huge emphasis to make sure everybody's on the same page um every day that's why we've we do film every day I'm, i tell i tell the guys i'm free for film every day Anytime you need it, if I'm free, we can fight, we can figure out a time. We can get it all together. You liking that role, the captain role? I love and it. What, yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah, you feel good about it. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, the role on the other side, though, is and again, I'm going to go back to this fan favorite thing. And, and Daniel, we're going to get you to be that fan favorite. You are amongst the group in here, right? Group in here. There we go. There we go. There's a little love. All right. But I, I have seen you on the road when we were on the road last week um and i see joe mancuso walking around nearby you as well and joe's wearing a baseball cap and on the cap it says cm65 fan club 
I'm assuming Clayton McConnell, that's CM, and that's your number. What's that all about, Clayton? Oh, it's a really long story, but I'll try to make it as well, quick we, as we I can. Got a half hour story. All right, um, so uh, freshman year, I hosted Joe Moore. He was my my recruit. Well, um, his dad, Bob Moore, was uh, he really liked me. So uh, it was Villanova game last year. We were getting off the bus, and Joe Moore was in front of me. We get off the bus, and his parents are out there ready to greet us. Well, uh, Joe Moore's dad walks past Joe and gives me a big bear hug. And I told him, I was like, uh, Mr. Bob, you're my uh, one-man fan club. And he really took it to heart, and we got hats now. So <laughs> They're in the stand. They're scattered right. all throughout the stand. Maybe we'll sell them at Robin Stadium. <laughs> I, I don't know. It could be a very popular, popular item uh, to sell. Uh, and hopefully we'll get more members right. of that fan yes, club as well. I know the other member of your fan club and vice versa is John Yarborough. Um, who obviously was a terrific player for us, had a couple of shots in the NFL uh, this year. What, and both of you are Alabama guys. Right. Does our center have to be from Alabama? <laughs> I guess. Coach? I, I, don't, I don't know. We can't understand the accent half the time. <laughs> um, what was that relationship like last year as he kind of taught you that center position and he moved outside of center to tackle, he played some guard, all of that last season? And, and how much are you still in touch with him now? Right. You can't say enough about John the uh just the kind of leader he is and the role model he is for me. I mean, kind of like I was saying about Joe, John was my host, so we had that uh, relationship coming in, and it just it went on to the field. I was like, I'd be lost. Like, John, what are we doing? And he set the uh, set the decks and all that kind of stuff, and we're still in touch. Like I was telling you earlier, he reached out to me on Monday saying, you know, this is our big week. This is our game week, Elon week. we got to play. I mean, let's go. And it's just been been an honor and a privilege to be associated with him and being able to play by his side, and I look forward to seeing what he does in the future. How much more comfortable do you feel this year because of what you got last year in experience and having him in your ear last year? Well, I mean, this uh, this second second to third year jump was uh, even bigger than the first second year. I mean, I'm comfortable in the position. I've been through it all, and I'm I'm trying to help everybody up beside me get to that same spot as I am. I feel comfortable, and I just feel. As the more more reps we get, the more games we play in, the only better we can get. So, all right, let me finish this up with uh, both of you on kind of a light note, and then you can go uh, eat your lunch. Uh, you guys on that offensive line, you got a nickname for your crew. I know you do. Right. Our running backs have a nickname for their crew. I'm waiting on the DBs here, Daniel. I'll get to you in just a second. Boss Hogs. That's right. What do you think of it? Where'd it come from? Boss Hogs is a, is a mentality. It's a state of mind. We take it uh, every week, every Tuesday, Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday practice. We're out there grinding, and uh, it's just how we play. We're the boss hogs. We, uh, we're the hogs of the field, and we're, we want everybody to know that. Who came up with it? It was Coach Ross brought it in. Coach Ross, yes, sir. Somehow I knew that. Was <laughs> All right, so where's the DB nickname here, Daniel? We're still working on that, or what's happening? Still working on it right now. We're going to have some great, great games coming up, and it's going to naturally come out. All right, I, yeah. I, I agree with that. Let's see what you do on the field, and the nickname will come from, from what you do on the field. Fellas, thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Come on back and see us. Go enjoy your lunch. Daniel Jones, Clayton McConnell. All right, we'll be back with some questions. We got them from the audience. We got texts. Uh, we got email. We'll do all that with Coach Usman after a break. Uh, Spider Talk from Buzz and Ned's 8205 West Broad Street on ESPN Richmond and the Spider Sports Network. Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue is the official barbecue of the University of Richmond Spiders. Come enjoy our real 100% wood-cooked barbecue while you cheer on the home team. Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue uses recipes handed down for over 150 years and is now available inside Robin Stadium. Hit make it to the game? Visit us on North Boulevard in The Fan or on Thursdays at noon at West Broad in Old Parham in the West End for the Spider Talk Radio Show with Coach Russ Huseman. For more information, visit us at buzzandneds.com. Buzz and Ned's and the Richmond Spiders, a winning combination. It may not be stomach issues. For me, it's intense gas or pain or diarrhea, sometimes all at once, over and over. I spent years with the symptoms but could never figure it out. No matter what I did, they never went away. So I decided to break it down for my doctor and get really specific about my symptoms. We discovered that exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, may be the reason for my stomach issues. EPI is caused by my pancreas. It leads to diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. The symptoms just don't go away. But EPI can show up with even one symptom. The good news? EPI is manageable. 
But to get to the right diagnosis, you have to break it down for your doctor and get specific about the severity of your symptoms. Visit IdentifyEPI.com to learn more and use the symptom checker to help change the conversation with your doctor. Brought to you by AbbVie. Hi, I'm Dale Jones, an agronomist with Virginia Green. That's a soil scientist. I'd like to show you how Virginia Green's local expertise can bring out the green in your lawn. But this is radio, so I can't. Instead, I'll sing you a song. <clears throat> your lawn can be green, greenest green you ever did see. Pretty and lovely and free of weeds, particularly when watered regularly. Stop! Aeration time! Did I mention I'm a soil scientist? See how Virginia Green can bring out the best in your lawn at virginiagreenlawncare.com. The five-year no-interest finance offer is on at Diamonds Direct with a special focus this weekend on Takori. We've flown in entire collections of all new Takori bridal and fashion jewelry direct from the Takori Design Studios in Los Angeles. And this Friday and Saturday, you can choose your Takori handcrafted jewelry and get five years zero-interest financing. Rings, bands, earrings, and more from America's leading designer. Make your California Takori dream come true this Friday and Saturday and spread your payments over five years with zero interest on approved credit. Only at Diamonds Direct. Short Pump, West Broad Village. At the University of Richmond School of Professional and Continuing Studies, our students are driven by change. They arrive with a variety of professional and educational experiences, the determination to do more, and an unbelievable ambition to succeed. Through undergraduate and graduate degree programs, professional certificates, boot camps, and professional training and development programs, our students gain the tools and knowledge to better themselves and the organizations they serve. Learn more about how we help adult students drive change at spcs.richmond.edu. Covering our local teams with a local passion. We're dedicated to the most sports talk for true RVA sports fans. 99.5 and 102.7 ESPN. This is Spider Talk on ESPN Richmond and the Spider Sports Network. Live from Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue, 8205 West Broad Street. Once again, here's Bob Black with Coach Russ Huseman. Saturday's game kicks off at 6 o'clock at Robbins Stadium, the opener for CAA play for both the Spiders and the Elon Phoenix here on 99.5 FM and 9.50 AM. Our coverage begins at 5 o'clock with the UR Football Tailgate Show and then the pregame show at 5.30. And on the television side, we'll have that one for you live as well on NBC Sports Washington Plus on their Plus channel. If you get regular NBC Sports Washington, you get the Plus channel as well. And it's also online on Flow Sports. There is a subscription needed on the Flow Sports uh, feed of the game Saturday. But we certainly hope to see you at Robin Stadium. Get there earlier. Enjoy the uh, Spider Brew Fest that will take place out in front of the Robin Center on the grassy area right out in front of the uh, ticket office entrance on the west side. That starts at 4 o'clock until 5.30. And then, as we said, kickoff at 6 o'clock. All right, Coach, we gave away some of those Brewfest uh, passes for Saturday for questions from the audience, and actually a couple of pretty good ones. I don't know why I sounded surprised. This is a very intelligent group of Spider fans here. Um, So someone came up and asked you about your feeling on multiple quarterbacks, and obviously we have done a little bit of that this year. Joe Mancuso clearly is getting the start, and then Bo English has played some. But just how an offense would come up with chemistry and tempo and that sort of thing if they were changing quarterbacks more frequently than we are, because I I know you've come out on the record and said you're not really a big fan of that two-quarterback system. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, it's not like, all right, uh, Bo, you got the second, third series, and we we don't go into it like that. Um, we we know he's, he's a good player. Uh, he deserves to play. So we make the decision, and, and, I, and I think the question was, you know, how, how do you get into a flow? Well, that's, that's huge in my mind, is to let a quarterback get into the flow of the game. And that's kind of what we've been doing. We let Joe get the flow and go and make plays and do, the, do what he needs to do and, and kind of pick and choose when we're going to throw. Like, if, if we feel like we're a little stagnant at some point in time, then Bo comes in. If we're moving the football and Joe's playing well, you know, it's just not – we're not going to click the headset on and say throw him in there. Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, it's, it's something that you kind of get a feel for in the course of a game. But – you know, it is important that you let your quarterbacks, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, you know, I wish maybe we would do a little bit more with a running back and, and let them get lathered up and get the flow of the game going. But you, 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 you substitute quite a bit at running back. And, um, but eventually somebody, one of the running backs is going to have to take it 25 times and, you know, for 185 yards. And, and uh, but, you know, when you got guys that are competing and practicing hard, you know, they, they, they deserve to play, and, and um, 
you know, if, the, if, if there's not a huge drop off, you know, then like, you know, Daniel, he, he, he'll never come out of a game. Clayton, he'll never come out of a game. It's not like we got, we're saying, well, we got to get so and so in because, but, um, so yeah, I mean, we're going to bowl play again this week. What, what time of the game, when, we don't know. We'll figure it out as we move forward. You mentioned the running back and maybe wishing that one of them would step up and become kind of that key guy. That was kind of Ivan's question today, believe it or not. Ivan has gravitated to text now that we're not taking phone calls anymore, and he did pass along his best to Xavier Goodall and then did kind of ask the rotation of the running backs, and it sounds like what you're saying is Aaron Dykes is going to get that first shot, and you know if he's going well, he's going to keep getting the ball, right? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Aaron's pushed, you know, he was pushing Xavier pretty good. I think Aaron's a talented back. I think he's a guy that could carry the ball, you know, 20 to 25 times and feel good about it. Milan's a different back. You know, I think Milan's a, a perimeter kind of guy. Um, and then uh, Savon Smith and Devin Campbell are kind of similar guys, you know, between the tackles, got some quickness about them. But, I, you know, I think, uh, you know, we'll get Aaron going and, and get him lathered up pretty good. Uh, before I go to our other question from the audience, can you say a little bit more about Savon Smith? Because he was actually Matt McAllister's and my guest on the uh, Spider Insight podcast this week and really enjoyed sitting down with him. But he's got a, a really interesting story to tell, talking about a running back who had an injury, kind of took him off maybe some of the rec- recruiting charts, and he wound up as a, as a walk-on here at Richmond. But he seems like he's got some talent, Russ. He got a lot of talent, and uh, we were excited about him. We didn't think we were going to get him. We thought he was going to sign on signing date with a Division II school. Uh, he had multiple Division II offers. Um, you know, did get overlooked, you know, from, from the FCS level. And, 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 and Adam Brathwaite was recruiting him, and, you know, we had him, and, and Adam, you know, got the signing day. And obviously if he signs, then it's done. And uh, he didn't sign. He you know, had the papers and didn't sign, and, and the University of Richmond gave him a great package. Um, and uh, we didn't know. We liked him. We thought he was a really good player. Uh, we didn't know really how good he was, and it, it took us about a couple days <laughs> to say, wait a minute, this kid's got a lot of ability. He's got great vision and, and can cut on a dime and make you miss. Um, and, and, you know, we got him catching punts and kickoffs and – uh you know doing a lot of different things and uh so we're we're thrilled to have him i mean he you know you don't they don't land in your lap like that very often if you'd like to learn more about savon smith check out the podcast this week on richmondspiders.com and our social media the spider insight podcast savon smith is our is our player guest on that one uh the other question came from a fan who was actually at the boston college game on saturday and said hey can you talk about the blocking of your wide receivers a little bit and you alluded to it at the beginning and they said really impressed with the way boston college's wide receivers blocked for their running backs maybe not quite as much for our wide receivers what's the process to and kendall fuller sat here last week keiston fuller sat here last week and talked about how much he loves to block at wide receiver yeah, we got to do better. I mean, I, I, I'm not telling y'all and these people here, we're not blocking well enough on the edge. Uh, you know, we, we have to do better there. Um, we have to be more consistent. We have to make sure we get our hat on the right people. Um, you know, so, I mean, and, and I know I saw Tuesday's practice and, and, and Wes Satterfield had him down there at the other end of the field on a – on a, on the sled work oh. and uh, and uh, and the two man sled and uh, they they have to block better. I mean they ha- they we have to get on them. We have to get on the right people and and if our wideouts you know don't block better, uh, then we'll get the fifty. You know we may get the fifteen yard run because our offensive line's creating holes, mm-hmm. but we're never going to get the sixty five yarder. We're never going to get the forty five yarder. And and, th- and if they think they're just going to go out there and catch the ball. And that's what their job is. They're dead wrong. Uh, we're going to play people that block and then get the ball to them after that. Uh, love our wideouts. They're great kids. Uh, it's not like they, you know, it's not like they're not willing. Uh, we just got to be more consistent blockers and better blockers. And that's our coach's responsibility to get that out of them. And, uh, um, but again, they're, they're great kids. Uh, I think they're all talented. You and I were talking off the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a talented group. Are they playing to their ability? No. we got to get better. 
All right, final thought on Elon this week. Uh, all our guys need to get better quickly, and I'm sure Elon's coaches are saying the same thing about them uh, coming in. What have you seen on tape from Elon, either offensively or defensively, that we haven't really touched on yet here today? Well, I, I just I think it, what jumps off the field, I think Daniel kind of alluded to it, was the skill. You know, the running backs, wide outs, and quarterback. Uh, very, very talented. It, it, you know, they – They've got multiple wideouts uh, that can run and catch. Their quarterback's got a, a quick release and, and, and knows what he's doing. Their backs are good. Um, uh, so, and then defensively, I think they got a couple secondary guys that are extremely talented that are all-conference guys. they got a defensive lineman, and, and, and you guys, will, everybody will knows him, number 98. Willoughby. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, unbelievable motor. Uh, you know, just – he's he's a tremendous player uh you know one of the better players in the league and and we have to be smart in in how we attack him obviously um so you know it'll be a challenge but uh you know i I, again i'd say this area i like our team I, i think we're talented enough to play with anybody in the league Hey, we alluded to this when we were talking with Clayton about uh, the defense that you're going to see. And on the tape last week, you're watching a team that runs that kind of option in the Citadel. How much do you get out of that tape about Elon's defense? Because obviously they were doing some things that they won't have to do against a Richmond or any other CAA opponent for that matter. Yeah, Clayton, did you ever – have you seen any of the, the Citadel offense versus their defense? Oh, you didn't even no. show it, huh? No, you don't, that put, you, don't that even, question. you don't even put that in the cut-ups. I mean, that's – you know that, that that that's a non-factor. Uh, what they're doing is completely different. Uh, mm. I don't even know. Did you did they have any plays on there for you guys? No, really? Huh? Yeah. So and in our game last game. year, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it's it's kind of mm. useless. Huh? Uh, more than kind of. It's definitely useless. Yeah. That's why I asked him. I, I don't even know if he even saw a snap. Huh. So it. so how does that kind of change preparation a little bit when you only have the one game to go off of the North Carolina and a good team? North Carolina really good is team. a really good team, but to only have that one. I know it's still early in the season for everybody. I think A and T was kind of similar. I mean, they were in the spread and and uh, and the gun, and and so you can you can get a lot out of that. Um, our our game last year, even the last two years. Uh, that's, those are probably both on the breakdowns and the cut-ups. Uh, so, you know, and then in, and in defensively, you know, we put both of our games against them the last two years, A&T and Citadel, uh, and, you know, and some other teams from last year uh, as far as the cut-ups and the uh, game plan stuff. Is preparation a little different now that you're going up against teams that you see year in and year out as opposed to the non-conference teams that you may never see again? Yeah, I mean, I think you kind of got a feel for what they want to do. You know, I think where you got to anticipate are the wrinkles, you know. All right, here's what they do. Here's what they did to us. They knew we do this, and here's how they defended us. Or here's what they did, and we defended them this way. But understand that there'll be, you know, different wrinkles, uh, you know, that we'll do. But there'll also be, you know, you just can't say, well, we did this last year. This is exactly how we're going to do it. You have to – you have to change some things and, and do things differently. New head coach at Elon, but not really because he was the defensive coordinator on their staff, and they kept their offensive coordinator as well. So are you seeing a lot of the similarities, even though Coach Signetti has left Elon? Yeah, I mean, that's same offense, same defense. Yeah. Probably same terminology. Probably <laughs> everything's the same. The one thing they're different is on special teams. they got a new special teams coordinator, so you can see they've changed some things. And with their special teams and how they do things, whether it's punt, kickoff, kickoff, return, uh, those types of things. So you can see that the new influence of a, of a special teams coach. But, I mean, offensively and defensively, um, you know, they didn't lose anybody. All right. Uh, I feel like your guys are really excited and certainly understand that CAA play is starting Saturday night, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, you know, they, they're, they're excited. And, and uh, you know, right after that game in the locker room, um, you know, we, we put BC behind us and, and started to focus on Elon. And, uh, you know, I, they know it's a CAA game. Uh, they know Elon's a good, good, a good football team. And, uh, you know, we're going we, we're gonna to be ready to play. We've got to be ready to play. But, uh, I think you know, we've had a good week, and I think our guys are excited to play. It's interesting you say that because I've been on enough buses and planes with our teams to kind of sense how they feel after a game. 
and I could sense on the bus to the airport and on the plane, these guys, you know, not happy that, that we lost the game, but they were ready to move on. Yeah, I mean, we put it. And, and again, absolutely did. Right off the bat, I mean. Not you know, coach I, speak on that one, folks. I'm yeah, telling you, that's you know, true. I walked in there, and I could tell, you know, they, you know, as soon as I said, put this behind us, this this means nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, we would have liked to have won. We wanted to play better. But in the grand scheme of things, zero effect on what happens to us in this program. I said, now we're getting ready to play one that's extremely, extremely important, and uh, and I think they, they knew right away. All right, good luck Saturday night, 6 o'clock, Coach. Thank you. Clayton McConnell, Daniel Jones, thank you for being our player guest. We will see you back here next week. It's a bye week, but not for spider talk. We will be back here. We'll introduce you a couple of assistant coaches. We'll bring them with us next week as well. So we are here at Buzz and Ned's next week. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Bob. Mitchell Bradley producing on location. Andrew Wallace produced back in our studio flawlessly, I may add, this afternoon. So we thank him as well. Thank you for coming out. Be sure to take care of your servers while you're in here. If you would like, we would appreciate you doing that. They're working hard here at Buzz and Ned's as well. Airtime is at 5 o'clock. We'll start our pregame coverage. Richmond and Elon, CAA opener for both teams Saturday right here on ESPN Richmond. So long, everyone. listening to Spider Talk with head football coach Russ Huseman, live from Buzz and Ned's Real Bar. Barbecue, 8205 West Broad Street. Today's show has been brought to you by the University of Richmond School of Professional and Continuing Studies.